Welcome to the Board Game Snobs Podcast. Critically harsh reviews with a touch of class. wondering what you could do for the next 45 minutes to fill your time probably listen to the 37th best podcast wait a minute we're moved up to the 35th the 35th best podcast about board gaming that is currently on the air or on the podcast or on the internet the sexiest podcast in the cloud uh, yeah. yeah i like that we have that nomenclature now of referring to things that we can't see as being in the cloud yes you just think of all the data that's in the cloud. It's what up there. It's what is your there. thoughts on 5G? Will that bring about the end of the world? Yes, okay, obviously. Pr- probably so. Follow us on Instagram. Facebook. Twitter. LinkedIn. The Guild. Netflix. Probably Amazon Prime. Hulu. Whatever. Uh, Voodoo. Hulu. Crackle. Recently, I got Hulu. Really? Recently. You often talk about Hulu. It's my favorite, probably. So I got Hulu. Is that the one where you watch? Um, this is sad. I got it to watch that show that you kept talking about. That's like Star Trek, but it's not Star Trek. Orville. That has that. That has the guy that I don't like in it. Uh, Seth MacFarlane. Haven't watched not one single episode. What? Not yet, but I'm ready for it. I, now remember. You have to bear through. I'll bear through it. The first three episodes. I'm a bear. Do I have to, do I have to can I skip one? Well, I mean, it does kind of give you a little bit of like background They're on the characters. Not, they are not developing characters. No, they do because him and his wife have a thing. It's okay. a whole thing. Like that. that's kind of the backbone of Seth MacFarlane's character. So you okay. kind of have to All know right. that. So the first hour and a half is going to be rough. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, it's still somewhat entertaining. Just expect like super corny jokes. Uh, well, that's what you can expect from this podcast. <laughs> super corny jokes. If you like the Orville, you'll love Board Game <laughs> Uh Currently, we give a lot of free advertising, I noticed. I guess it's not really that much because... Listen to No Pun Included. <laughs> I don't think that we're... Re- I don't really consider it advertising because we don't probably have that many people listening to us. We're very niche. But we can advertise things, don't we? We can talk about things. I love my niche and my nephew, said Sean Connery. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was good. Where did that come from? That was very good. Like, I'm I'm often surprised (laughs) by the the quality of your puns. Just get me every once in a while. For the most Uh, part, they irritate, 90% of the time, they irritate me to an unbearable level. But every every once in a while, you'll knock it out of the park. That was good. I suffered through. Show's over. I I suffered through a lot of your bad jokes to get to the good one. Nine Uh, out of 10 aren't that great. Oh, dish. <laughs> I've got to figure out how to repeat that somehow. I don't know how to repeat that. I don't know if you can. I can't do a Sean Connery voice. It's it's it's, one of, it's literally one of the easiest ones. You it, just make every S an SH. Is that how you do it? Yes. Not everything here reacts well to bullets. Ryan, not everything reacts well to bullets. That is, that is. You're right. Every S is an SH. Shh. I am the last one. I wonder if he has like a missing tooth there or something. Yes. 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 
They're like, oh, that's such a cool accent. I'm missing a tooth. <laughs> We're like, oh, that's not as cool. Ah, Sir Sean. Did you know? Sir Sean Connery. There is a Starbucks cup in every shot in the movie Fight Club. Every shot. And they were giving Game of Thrones a hard time about the one. There's a story. <laughs> <laughs> well, Fight Club, you got one in every shot. Uh, Fight Club, which we're not supposed to talk about. <laughs> uh, you're breaking the rules. You're breaking the rules. You're breaking the rules. Uh, Brad Pitt is probably okay. Go in terms ahead. of actors, top five actors. You know of my man crush on on Kevin, on who? Costner. Oh yes. yeah, please. We're not even talking. Kevin's no. So he, okay, so we're just dismissing him as all time number one. Yeah, I wasn't even gonna bring him up. It's a given. Kevin's not no longer an actor. He's a legend. <laughs> He's an icon. I wasn't even gonna mention <laughs> Kevin. Uh, I'm talking about. My, I can't go with that. I'm talking about um, uh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Leo, I love Leo. He's up there, you're talking about a modern actors. I love Tom Hardy, Keanu, obviously. You know, Keanu. Look, let's talk about. Speaking of niches, <laughs> he's got his niche. Where did he come from? How did he come from being a goofy comedic stoner role like Bill and Bill. Ted? To all of a sudden, like he's in the Matrix. To now, he wasn't a thing for a while. A and thing. Now he's a thing. A thing. He's a thing. T-J-T. He's not a thing. He's a thing. He's a thing. People love Keanu Reeves. Is it because he likes dogs? Is uh, that all that, it takes to be popular? That endeared him quite a bit. To to be popular, all you have to be is sexy and like dogs. If I would like dogs, I would be popular. See what I did there? I see what you. I did. implied that I was sexy. <laughs> I see what you did. There. I do like dogs, not the big ones, um, not the small ones either. I like the medium-sized ones. What is a medium-sized dog to you? Kind of like a like a corgi. I oh. think corgis with their little. Well, they're like a little bit of both. They got the short legs, well, I like them. the full-size body. I like basset hounds. Oh yeah, yeah, I got you. Like remember beagles? Well, be, uh, Jack terriers. Jack terrier. Oh, my dad had a Jack Russell. Um, R- R- Jack Russell. That's yeah, what Jack I mean. Russell. Yes, yes. Uh, the uh, uh, Basset Hounds. What was the one on uh, um, Dukes of Hazard? Roscoe P. Coltrane. Roscoe P. Coltrane. And it was okay. Growing up, I thought his name was Roscoe Pico Train. No, it was P. The P, P was, was for Paul. Letter initial. It was Paul Coltrane. Do you think it was Paul? Was his middle I, name? I was Roscoe eight years old. I thought it was Roscoe Coltrane. Pico Train. Roscoe P. Coltrane. Coltrane. He was a lot better than Enos. Who? Enos. <laughs> nope. <on>. Nobody <laughs> names their kid Enos. Why are you doing that to yourself? Oh, oh man. You're setting yourself up for It was problems. a silent P. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway. Um, this episode brought to you by Cafe Du Monde. This is my favorite type of... Uh, your wife bought the favorite type of... Coffee or espresso? This is just coffee. Technically, it's not espresso unless you. Uh, she got some kind of coffee PSI. when we went down to eat crawfish that she's all in love with. Cafe Nimon is my favorite because it has chicory in it. I'm a chicory. L- that's I it. love chicory. If really? you're from Louisiana and you drink community coffee with chicory? chicory, it's a. Um, is it a spice? I don't know. I'm asking you. I think it's not a, technically, but it's something that they put in coffee that kind of gives it a little bit of a kick. It has a little bit of an aftertaste, and it it's very off-putting when you first try it. But at because uh, I think it's meant to have their like to have milk in it, like to be kind of milked down a little bit. 
But man, I love coffee with chicory. I love, ca- I don't like lattes. I like cappuccinos. I, lo- I like some taste. Huh? Hmm? What? Was that a joke? Go on. Anyways. All right. So this is the episode where people want us to get personal. I'm getting personal. We're going to get personal. You could tell I'm not getting personal because I'm drinking coffee rather than alcohol. <laughs> Go ahead. You want to get personal? Okay. Well, I'll get personal first. Please do. So uh, when's this going to come out? I don't know when it's going to come out. But it's going to come out approximately, I'd say, two, a couple, two months plus a couple of weeks after my mother has passed away. Your dear mother. My mother, who I love very much, and I'm finally at a point where I can speak about her without bursting into tears. True. Uh, and I want to say thank you to everybody who said nice words. Uh, I want to say also thank you to especially the Soul Trains. The Soul Trains. He sent me a, uh, which <laughs> helped in my sorrows, <laughs> a, uh, uh, what's that called? Decanter. Decanter. Yes. With the Avengers logo, then very nice words from him and his wife, Chris Soltrain and his wife. Sorry, I do not know her name off the top of my head right now. She has sent us one email. Send us some more. I might remember She's name. Team Jerry. She's Team She's team Costner. Oh, FYI. she's Team, by, she's by team Costner. Technically, it's Team Jerry. Go ahead. Not to derail your train of thought. It's okay. See what I did there? I see what you train did. Train of thought. So, uh, really yes, good. my mother passed away a couple months ago. So that's why we took a little bit of a, a couple of weeks off. A sabbatical. Took us uh, took me a little minute to gather my thoughts, gather my wits, deal with the situation. My mother was uh, one of the top women in my life, obviously. I love my mama. I was a mama's boy from early on. If I wasn't 350 pounds, I would still crawl up in her lap <laughs> and let her gut on me. <laughs> Until I got too overweight for her to hold me, she would still do so. It was a pretty rough time after 14, wasn't it? <laughs> I was uh, a big boy. Yes. But, uh, uh, yeah, sadly that happened. So we dealt with that. I'm dealing with it still. Sometimes, like, you know what's weird? If you want to get personal, let's get personal. Get personal. I will be, like, driving down the road at my job. And used to when I was driving home from... Like work, I'd be like, okay, let me call mom, check on mom. And I'd talk to mom, see mm-hmm. what's going on, check in with her. Like, I'll be driving home, I'm like, bam, let me call mom. Oh, wait. No, my mom's not around no more. Yeah. And it will hit me. And I will cry on my way home from work. And I will cry a good, and I let myself cry a good hard two or three, five minutes. And then I'm okay. I'm like, okay, I'm going to recover. Then I'm good. And then random moments, I'm like, oh, wait. My mom's not around no more. And it hits me. And I cry. And I cry. Then I'm okay. And I move on. But yeah, it really does suck to lose lose your mama, who you love very much. But uh, I'm okay now. Things are going well. People have uh, come to my comfort on a very good basis. I'm not really... I don't know what those words mean. Comfort. Right comfort. Come, come, come to my comfort. <laughs> People have com- com- comforted me. Jerry... Uh, it was very nice to me in this time period. Very nice. I'm a very nice man. <laughs> Usually a cold-blooded rascal. Yes. I do. I do. He comfort. showed himself very comforting very in my comforting. time. In fact, okay, this was weird. Like, <laughs> so my dad calls me and he's like, okay, so my, if you had followed the podcast, my mama got, she's been in bad health for a while. February, she got really bad. She went to the hospital for a couple of weeks, 
things were bad. So from February on, she was in hospice. And we're like, okay, so hmm, basically you expect this day mm-hmm. to come, right? Jerry operates in this world as a nurse, EMT, everything else. He, he understands. So I would call Jerry, tell him what's going on. He'd tell me what to do, how to perhaps comfort her, how to make her more comfortable, etc. Good friend. Well, the day comes, my dad calls me and says, I think this is it. That was a tough day. Mm-hmm. That was a rough day. I go down, watch my mother literally take her last couple of breaths. And that was rough. I don't, some people like, I've heard the term, I've heard this my whole life. And in fact, my mom, when my grandma died, she's like, people like closure. That's why they like open caskets. Mm, yeah, I've heard that. I, I've heard that. Going through my experience, I am anti any of that. <laughs> I literally yes. watched my mother take her last breaths. It was not a pretty sight for me. No. I do not ever want to re. I it's burned into my brain. Mm-hmm. I wish I had never seen it, but I was there for her. I saw that. I dealt with that. My father saw there. My brother showed up like ten minutes too late, and that was. That was rough too. It mm-hmm. was a rough time. Yeah, I'm, I'll maybe start crying right now. <laughs> it's, it's, it hits me, and I, I do get emotional talking about it because it was still fairly fresh. I mean, it just happened yeah, April 26th, ago. a couple yeah. months ago. But that happened. But I'm better now. Things are better now. My dad is doing okay. He is surprisingly well. Yeah, I kind of. They figured. were married for this would have been their fiftieth year, which I like. Just to derail this from a moment, I didn't really know the history between your dad and your mom that well. But then going to the memorial and seeing the pictures and everything about it, your dad wooed your mother through his singing. <laughs> and it was like this. He very, was a singer. He was a singer. As people have listened to this podcast can hear Yes. Him. And it was like, that was looking at pictures of your mom. Your mom was a very beautiful lady. Of course. That's where I get it. And it was like... <laughs> And it was like, like, it was like weird. I remember, I remember, I remember being at the funeral and saying, man, your mom back in the day, I was like, she, she was something. I said, like, and then your dad, I was like, I wonder, like, and then seeing pictures of your dad, I was like, oh, I see now. That was basically all that he had. It was like, <laughs> I've got to sing this woman, sing to this woman until she loves me. Oh yeah. And he, he was, uh, and what he will readily admit, and this cracks me up to this day, is he would like quote poems to her pretending they were his. <laughs> But they were not. <laughs> they were lyrics from yes, songs. Yes, and uh, and I love that the fact he ga- he was he was gaming it oh, up. Then. He was all about oh. it. So uh, yeah, he's a singer. As if you listen to this podcast, I put a couple songs on there, and he's got. And you know, growing up, it's like, oh god, dad, not this song again. You're unappreciative as a child growing up. But now I appreciate my father's talents. I have zero talent. <laughs> my dad can play the guitar. Well, he can play the basic. Uh, chords. He's got those three chords down. He He's got sing. them down, and he can sing to them, adjusting what he needs. I have zero talent, Gary. Oh, you got talent. What can I do? Man. I can drive a truck. <laughs> That's my talent. <laughs> I can't do anything. Uh, but uh, my mom was a, a fiery lady, full of passion. Yes. She was a missionary, went down to South America, met my dad. Then grandma was sick, apparently. This is what I remember them telling me. And that's why they moved back to the States, because grandma was sick. Grandma died when I was 12 years old. So I look, my grandma was just like mom. 
She loved me. She kissed <laughs> on me, give me whatever I want, toys, food, anything. And uh, so 1990, I was 12 years old. Grandma died. She was 84. Mm. She was about, let's say mom was 72 or three. Three. So grandma lived about 11 years longer than mom. Yeah. But uh, so mom was in her 40s sometime when grandma died. So it was about kind of similar. Grandma had about 10 years on her. But uh, anyway, yeah, so it's been a tough couple of months here for me. But uh, anyway, so I got a brother. He's an older brother. Who looks like evil guy. <laughs> he I, has I, a I, goatee I, and tattoos. It is. If you've ever watched the episode of Star Trek where they like took the Leonard Nimoy. Yeah, the mirror universe. And like it's evil Spock. And all they did was give him a goatee. Literally, Gobby's older brother is slightly thinner. With hair and a goatee, and he looks no, evil. He's a lot thinner. He's a lot thinner. I wasn't gonna say that, but he's even, <laughs> he looks like he looks like evil Gavi. It's like it make you pause. They're like, what happened? Yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, just like every family, things weren't uh, always super smooth for us. Dad was a fiery Latino growing up. <laughs> All five foot five of them. Now, now he, yes, my father's very, very small. He's no, a- mom was five four. Dad's like five two. Yes, he's not very large. I, I dwarf my father now. Yes, but uh, <laughs> how yeah. tall are you? I'm six, yeah. six foot zero. Yeah, he's five three fifty, and he's one twenty five. Two, uh, yeah, yes. So, uh, yeah, and then how me and Jerry met. Uh, um, it was through mainly, but it was Bubba. Bubba. It was Bubba. Bubba's been a, a long time friend of mine. Um, he kind of knew my family, kind of knew my wife's family. And then Bubba worked at Walmart for a long while. And then I got to be. <laughs> Bubba's looked at, worked everywhere. He's worked everywhere. Worked that, everywhere. Uh, Bubba moved to Hugo and he knew Jerry. Then he's like, hey, I know a guy who plays board games. And it was Jerry. He's like, I'm going to hook the two of y'all up. Not in the modern terminology, but in the modern ter- old friend <laughs> Not terminology. Not for you old kids, yeah. That's it. Yes, yes. To backtrack a little bit. And then Jerry brought Enrique. Why to drag Enrique around? For, for, first off, one, two things. One, people have constantly requested. This is the most requested thing we've had so far, is that people, for some reason, wanted to know our biography. Like, wanted to know more about us. This is why we're doing... This portion of the podcast, uh, it's not that interesting. We should probably timestamp this for when we get out of it. The second thing is about your dad. What was that quote that uh, it was from Dead Poet Society that Robin Williams said? And I thought of that when you were talking about your dad and singing to your mom that words were, po- what was it, words were invented to woo women? Oh, <laughs> like yeah. That basically, that was the mindset of your dad was just to sing until he got, uh, made her fall in love with him. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, Bubba was the one that kind of introduced us, uh, and, you know, Bubba's an interesting guy, and Bubba's like, I know this guy who plays board games, he plays the same crazy board games that you play. And Enrique came into the picture because of his dad. I think I've mentioned before his dad often would gripe to me about how Enrique played video games all the time, I wish he would do something different. And I thought, hey, this is something, let's get him together and, you know, get him away from that, try something new. And then Enrique kind of caught into that. And so my history's not that interesting either. I think I've mentioned before in the past in terms of occupation, which I find this fascinating, that often when you ask somebody 
about when you say tell me about yourself the first thing they say is what they do for work yeah and that's kind of irritating to me just a little bit because not necessarily what you do for work is is that what defines you no it's not what defines you like i know people who have very boring jobs but yes. their hobbies are awesome yeah it's like i know somebody who's oh like, yeah they want to know like some other other hobbies I, I like i literally know somebody if you ask them what they did well tell me about yourself they like, well, I work an accounts on, specialist. I, I work on ladders, but well, okay, well, what's your hobbies? Oh, I've been all over the world. I travel oh, yeah. constantly. Oh, yeah. And so there that's what's interesting is that people automatically just fall back on whatever it is. What are you asking? Yeah. And so and unfortunately, I have been in the same profession for my entire Yeah, but your adult. job is fascinating. It's not that fa- Anybody? No, okay, well, I would say the triage part. The triage part might be. You have made some very difficult calls in your life. It's not that difficult. Anybody <laughs> anybody who... This is about to sound cold. I'm sorry. Sorry. Uh, for you that know triage. Uh, so, from like the time that I was 18 years old, I've been involved in as an EMT or EMS and then into the fire department. And then eventually got a degree, went on to be an RN and have worked in whether it be... Some in rehab, uh, some what they used to, the floor. Well, that's what they call it, med surge, just generalized hospital stuff. Home health and ma- and in emergency rooms, just a little bit of everything. But my heart always kind of lied with the emergency management side, the emergency medical services side, whether it be with the fire department or working on the ambulance and so forth. And so a lot of my background was that as an, either an instructor or a trainer for the fire department or working on the ambulance and just, just good old-fashioned stuff. And that's the reason why that's fascinating to some is that, unfortunately, when you work in that occupation, you get to see the worst of everybody. You yeah. get to experience things that... that see some dark stuff. You see some dark stuff yeah. that scars you for life. <laughs> and that's why you end up either being one of the people who... You are very callous. That are very callous. <laughs> or you statistically burn out after five years. That's no. like the, the thing. It's like every five years, then like everybody leaves. Or you become quite like this, where you just... Everything's a joke and nothing's too serious. Right. And so, for the, yeah, for a very long time, working in the medical field in the various areas... And seeing what people will do to one another and seeing how people react and being as anybody in the medical field will profess is that the worst thing, one of the things that irritates you the most is on television, watching how the medical field is portrayed. It's not accurate. I will say that from my point of view. Yes. When my mother was sick, I'm like, oh, well, we'll just take her to the hospital and they will take care of her. And you rush her to the hospital, and it's not like the TV shows. No, it's not like the TV. <laughs> she shows. is not their number one priority. No, you're not. You're. you're there, there is a. There is a. Uh, I had a buddy who was in China who got sick. China. China. He got sick with pneumonia, and he calls me and says, "Hey, it's very different over here." And I was like, "Yeah." So what happened? He said, "I got admitted to a hospital, and they put me in a room, and there was no food." He says, you know, like when you're in a hospital in America, you kind of sit around and people, and you know, there's lunchtime. They wait on you, yeah. And there's no sheets on the bed. Wow. And I said, so what do you do? He says, no, it's your family is expected to provide that for you. Really? And I was like, wow. I said, so really? I said, so like, what if you don't have any friends or family? He says, well, then you're just on your own. <laughs> then you're hungry. You're hungry. And I thought, man, that would like, like, that's like a... a and that's something that like 90% of the medical field in nursing now has turned into being about customer service it's not about the patient it's about making people it's like being at a hotel rather than medical care yeah. and that gets pushed to the side and 
it's stressed, and I'm not going to get on my soapbox about that. But yeah, thank you. Uh, so yeah, that's why I'm crazy. <clears throat> that's why I say and I'm very dark, and why I laugh about things, but also why I understand what Gobby goes through in, in regards to losing a loved one or or having to experience mourning. Oh, something I want to say about that real quick. So my mother is literally on the deathbed. I watch her pass away. I call Jerry calls like, what's going on? I tell him what's going on. He's like, I'm on my way. I'm like, man, don't worry about it. Hey, she's, she's gone. I'm okay. There was lots of friends and family there. He's like, no, I'm on my way. I'm like, no, seriously, don't worry about it. We're good. He shows up anyway, him and Bubba. And they're there. And it it made all the difference in the world. And like, I could get emotional over that. <laughs> And I was actually describing the situation to some other people, to some other friends of mine. I'm like, yeah, uh, Jerry and Bubba showed up. And I'm like, bam, they're my two two close close friends, best friends. And it just made me super emotional. And I can cry about it. But now, in retrospect, it makes you very appreciative for the people in your life. And Jerry is one of those. That there, there was something that you said that, to me, was very awkward. But I remember when Bubba and I were there, I think it was your brother or someone he was talking to, <laughs> and they looked at us like we just showed up. Like, uh, there's your family. He's like, bam. And then there's this weird guy that shows up, and then you got Bubba come storming in. So we're all like, we just come running up, and the guy, they kind of look at us like, who are you? And we didn't introduce ourselves. And then you look at somebody and says, yeah, these are the guys I play board games with. <laughs> and there was this weird moment in time where, I re- where this guy had to process so you play board games, you like Monopoly? <laughs> so literally, your mother's dying and you think to yourself, I'm going to call my board game group. Is that what you mean? And I thought, I think that's very telling when you think of people who play board games and their little group, what they experience and what they talk about, you get to see people present themselves. For instance, I think there's a lot of people that, when my wife will tell people, like, my husband's very competitive. And some people go like, what, Jerry? Jerry's competitive? Like, no, 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 he's vicious. And, like, you don't want to play games with him. <laughs> well, well, why? It's like, because he turns into a monster. <laughs> it's like he is a person that when you play a board game with him, he shuts off and he's going to put his that's utmost a, that's into a different side of Jerry. whatever game we're playing. I don't care if it's Candyland. I don't care if it's TI4. I'm coming for you. It's my mindset. It is my training. I, I afford that from my father. You play to win. I play to win. That was what my dad always said. He's the, the good old drill sergeant. You do something, you play to win. You make sure that even if you know you're going to lose, that you present yourself in such a way that the person who beats you understands you gave them your best. Because that's what your agreement is. When you start to play a board game, yes. is the agreement between the players, I'm taking this seriously. <clears throat> I'm going to play the game with the objective in mind. And when you win... I want you to feel like you beat me. I won. And that's why I tell Jerry. Jerry will, Jerry will often be the learner of games. And we will play, as we just did today. Mm-hmm. We played three games. Jerry beat me at all three. But he was the one that remembered the rules. He remembered how they played. And I don't like mercy. I like to remember. <laughs> don't like mercy. I, I don't. I don't. If you're going to beat me, beat me. Yes. I f- but I still come close, even though yes. you know the rules a little better than me. There was, uh, we'll discuss Santa Maria today. There was a rule I completely forgot that could have scored me 18 more points, but I forgot how it went. You still want to beat me? I want to beat you. <sighs> but I mean, that's just the way it goes. Don't show me mercy. Just play the game. I should learn it. If I don't remember it, it's my fault. 
we'll play that game. Okay, now next time we play it, I now know the game. This is where the tell, that's the tell of the game. But anyway, so that's a little bit of background on me and Jerry. The only uh, other, the only Jerry other. is, he's married, has two children. I have wonderful children. Uh, um, and I'm uh, just a I'm, good person. I've been married for 20 years now. Wow. We have a daughter, Pager. Your wife That's a doesn't whole look different old story. enough to be married to you for 20 years. Well, I hope Gina listens to this podcast. Well. I've aged very poorly. <laughs> she lo- Gina loves me. If Gina you want to talk about a like a queen and king, king of queen scenario, that is me and Gina. No, that's not true. Because if uh, if you look at Gobby's old photos, I pointed this out. This is this is very you 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 wonder you look at some people and you wonder how did they get here, how far they have fallen. <laughs> I was talking to Gobby's oh, wife dear. once, and I was like, "So what made you marry Gobby?" And she says he was a handsome man. I was like, "What?" No, what do you she mean? also loved my humor. She sh- pulls jokes. up this picture. That I kid you not, I'm going to post this on our Instagram when this when this when this okay when this okay go when ahead. this podcast comes out. To me, it was a equate brand Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Gobby had hair. He had a he had one chin. He had a jawline. <laughs> <laughs> he had. It looked like I was like, wow, I could see where you would be mesmerized by this, and then. Slowly over the time, hair, the, the hair, hair, the hair is got, astonishing. That's why I'm jealous of your hair. I, I notice nice it. Hair. hair is very important. Shampoo, <laughs> conditioner, repeat. Uh, no, I understand that, but I also hear that like if you gain weight too quickly, yeah. it can affect your hair. It does. If you lose weight too quickly, it, it can, can affect your Anything hair. Anything affects your hair. Well, I've gained weight quickly, and I've lost weight, and I've gained no. weight, and I've lost weight. It's not good for your no, hair. No, it's not. As well as genetics. <laughs> You're losing it right now. My mother had thin hair. My grandpa on my mom's side was bald. <laughs> the odds were against me. The odds were against me. It happens. Uh, All right. So there's our personal stuff. I there. hope that's good enough for you. Yeah, that's as personal as we're gonna get. Gobby, that's as personal we're gonna get. That's as personal as we're gonna get. We like to ju- we like to have fun here. We like to have fun here. We like to keep it real. Oh man! So, so what, what are we gonna talk about next? What I want to talk about is Santa Maria, the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. Santa Maria. It's an older game. It came out a few years ago, and was very well recognized at the time. Um, the designers of it off the top of my head, I can't think of it, nor can I even think of the company who makes it. It's a tile laying game. Just FYI, I despise tile laying games, as does Gobby. This game, each player has their own personal board. You lay out tiles as one of the actions is that you can take either these various types of tiles, lay them on your board, and they have different buildings on them that when activated provide you resources. Nothing special. Or perhaps they move you up on one of the two tracks, the religious, uh, the monk track or the conquistador track, each providing their own separate benefits. So on your turn, you're either laying tiles or you're selecting dice to activate either rows or columns on your player board. And this is what's fascinating about the game. So certain ti- certain dice are rolled, white dice, which indicate the certain uh, columns that you can activate. So when you select a dice that you want to use, you go all the way down that column 
activating every single building on that column, and then you end on the last one. That's where you place your dice. And so that building has now been used up. So perhaps you use a blue dice, and those activate the rows. And then you take that blue dice, you go down all the row, activate all the buildings, take all the resources and all the benefits, and then you place it on the last building. So there's, it's like a puzzle. It's like patchwork, if you're familiar with it, the UA Rosenberg game. The tile-laying aspect, to me, smacks of, of kind of like the Carpe Diem, is it, that we played at BGG, and a little bit of Carcassonne. But it's like a gamer's... I'm not saying Carcassonne's not a gamer's game. Carcassonne, I Carpe don't... Carpe Diem. Carcassonne is... I, all right. I don't like Carcassonne. No. I don't like tile-playing games. No. I like Santa Maria. Really? I, I like it enough... That if I had to, if I had to peg tile laying games and say which one's my favorite, this is very controversial in my mind because I don't think Santa Maria is not a game that I'm clamoring to play again. I think no, I think I'm you, not either. No, I think Gobby said it clearly that when we ended up playing, he says, "If you said, hey, let's play Santa Maria," I'd be like, "Okay," but I'm not ever going to think, "Man, I'm just dying to play it." Because uh, we don't like this genre, we don't like tile laying games, nor these this this idea of there being a puzzle. Now, speaking of which, Carpe Diem, the Stefan Feld game that we griped about a few podcasts ago, San Maria is very similar in a lot of ways. You place tiles, you get benefits. You pick dice to utilize whichever role, but in San in uh, Carpe Diem, you just get those benefits as you kind of build your little village. To me, Santa Maria is way better than Carpe Diem. I would never play Carpe Diem again. I would play Santa Maria again. I don't want to play Carcassonne, but I'd play Santa Maria again. Santa Maria, I would play again. I don't want to play it again. It's nothing that really got my goat, as they say. Your goat's not got? Who, who says that? I don't know. It's a 2017 game. It's got a it's got a uh, expansion coming out. Is it coming out or it's is coming, it out? It's coming out. I haven't seen it yet. It's got a solo. Which I'm, the solo is basically I'm all about solos. To, to the benefit of this design, the solo is very similar to the base game. Like you could solo this game and be just fine. Get the almost the same experience that you would from a multiplayer game. It's by <sighs> I can't pronounce their names. Eilif Svensson? Christian. Ostby, artist Germain Bon. That's terrible. I don't know how to say their names. But we enjoyed it. After it was, it was over, fine. it was like Santa Maria is like a weak tea. It's like it's something that it was calming. It was somewhat thoughtful. My brain didn't burn. No, it it's it's fine. I didn't forget the rule of uh, shipping the sets of three. Yeah, it's fine. It's very abstract. This very but, abstract. Now I want to talk a little bit about if I can the theme of Santa Maria. Gordhead. It's colonialism, but it's presented in a very happy-go-lucky way. Uh, I mean, happy it's like, faces. It's happy faces. Literally, the victory point faces is how happy your colony is, and the victory point <laughs> tokens <laughs> are these pink. Grinning. We're so happy to be colonialized. 
so happy. Our village is so happy. So glad to see you. This is not referring to the happiness of the indigenous people. It's just referring to the happiness of, I guess, the colony. Do you realize that when I was looking at this game and thinking about how many games we have that are about colonialism, we have a lot of them. What? Okay. So we got Santa Maria, which is very abstract. I know that. We then have Endeavor, which literally has slavery cards in it. Okay. Uh, we then have one of our favorite games of all times, Ages, Age of Discovery. Oh. Is just that. Oh, yeah. And then Mombasa, which is just. Yeah. It, it is. That's exactly what it is. A nice glassed over version. Uh, Archipelago, which we have not played, which not sits played? on our shelf of shame. Is and it a, has for the longest. Is essentially. It's our longest shelf of shame resident. It is, isn't it? Archipelago is is our longest shelf of shame resident. (sighs) I'll get on that. I promise you. I will. I'll. I'll I'll probably take it home with me right now. Okay. I will take it home with me because I need to learn it again so we can teach it. But the the thing is, is that why are so many games about colonialism? Is it? It's not something that we like. Isn't that a area control? Yeah, but why? Like why know. is that such a is it know. is it is it just a fascinating part of our history? I don't I think it's fascinating but for bad reasons. I think so because if you talk about colonialism it's obviously not good. It's like hey, we're well, here. We're going to take your stuff. The stuff you've worked hard at, we're going to take it. <laughs> now we're going to tax it. Colonialism, you can colonize something that nobody's there at. One of my favorite shows of all times. I talked about this last time. Downton Abbey. No. We talked about like... Knight Rider. No. Nighthawk. No. 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 It's not not uh, a show. I'm sorry. It's a... Airwolf. It's a movie. Do you remember Airwolf? I remember the theme song because I bought the CD one time that was like the best theme songs of the 70s and 80s. And it had... uh, Michael Jan Vincent? Yes! It had the, the Airwolf... Thing if you want to be pleased with your life, watch. Is it Jan Hammer? Jan Hammer? I think. I th- actually, I think it's Jan Michael Vincent. Okay, no, no, no. Jan Hammer. I think I'm saying that wrong. I'm sorry, but Jan he's Hammer? but he's the guy that did the theme song for Miami Vice. Oh, and there is a YouTube video of him with a keyboard just playing that. And he is very pleased with himself. I thought it was this. That's Airwolf. This is the Airwolf main theme. There's apparently like... Yeah, Airwolf was great. You know what else was great? We're going to have to turn that off. We're gonna, we just now paid off Enya. We just now paid off Enya. No, no, no. Oh, I like Airwolf. Airwolf. Who, who starred oh. in that? Jan Michael Vincent and Ernest Borknine. Borknine. That's yeah. who I was thinking of. Oh. What happened to them? Um, oh. They grew old. You get 10 points if you'll name the person that this is so sad. Last night, talking with Bubba. Who is the guy that played MacGyver? Michael Dean Anderson? Dean, is it? We were talking about MacGyver and how much MacGyver was such a great film, a great series. And I blanked Richard on Dean Anderson. Richard Dean Anderson. I knew Dean was in there. 
That was such a great, wholesome show. It was. Why is there not a board game about MacGyver? What are you going to make it? My game about MacGyver is just going to be when you open the box, it's going to have a nice picture of Dean Anderson on it. When you open the box, there's going to be a paper clip, a rubber band, and a pencil. And it's be like, make your own game. <laughs> you just figure out. Just, there you go. I don't know. Oh, that'd be a great thing. Or uh, we'll... Uh, that'd be better than colonialism. You know, they made a MacGruber. McGruber, McGruber. Yeah. <laughs> From Saturday Night was Live. that? Uh, was that? Uh, Will? Uh, no, it was Forte. It was Will Forte. Whatever happened to him? He's still making a show. He's not. He made show. that Last Man on Earth, and it was like Last Man on Earth, but yet there was like twenty people in the show. Yeah, I hate. I hate when a show. It veered from its premise. Veers from its premise. Santa Maria is very abstract. It's very. It's okay. It's okay. Do you need it? No, probably not. Now, Did you like Patchwork? If you want Patchwork a little more gamey, get Santa Maria. The only people I think Santa Maria would be applicable to would be those that super love Carcassonne, Isle of Sky, and Patchwork. If you're that type, you like a lighter game, that probably something you could probably play with your kids. It may be. It's a little bit stepped up from a family game, I'd say. Has a has a decent solo. Uh, Santa Maria might be up your alley. But for us... Uh, A certain other podcast talked about it very heavily and recommended it, which is why it was on my watch list for so many years. I happened to get it used at the local BGG flea market, and it's okay. I'm glad I played it. uh, Yeah, me too. I mean, I always enjoy playing a game, but it's not a game I would just seek out and buy. Nah. So Board game snobs, not approved. It's okay. It's okay. So if it's okay, it's, it's not, not approved. approved. Yeah. We don't do approved unless it's something we really It think did not is. blow us away. We're not blown away. Friends, family, loved ones, boardgamesnobs at gmail.com. This has been our most personal podcast yet. And you're wiped out from it. I could tell. I'm it. done. It done. I'm, I'm sorry. so done. Uh, please send us an email if you want to. You don't have to just, you really don't have to send us any type of email that's about anything. Just say, hey. Literally, hey, just send up? an email that says, hey. Hey, what's up? Yeah, and the more wise. Although I do like to hear it. Love you guys. Oh, I don't particularly care about that. I am fascinated when people tell me about the things that they like. Yeah. So we've told you about us. Maybe you should tell us about you. Tell we us don't, a little something, something Tell about us about yourself. a weird hobby or a fun fact or something that perhaps is near and dear to your heart. I love to dance. You do love to dance. I'm a dancer and, and for a, a large man, you dance wonderfully. You are light on it. your feet. Oh, I can hammer you talent are, on my You business. were dancing at Enrique's party. You better hear me. Hear me. What was that? What were you dancing? That was that. A love slide. A love slide. Clean my shuffle. Any kind of shuffle you want to do, you I'm can out shuffle. There. You are a shuffle. I will shuffle out there. I know my business. You do shuffle. I can't well, dance. <laughs> no, we know. I don't want to crease my khakis. Uh, this is Jerry. We love you. Send right. us an email. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.